And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Happy Friday, Lena. Happy Friday. Your hair looks like Friday. It kind of has like a fun angle. Yeah. Good yeah, morning. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Out of bed style, that's they no, call it. No, <laughs> don't give it away. It's in the secrets, Adam. But thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure as always. Happy to be here. Let's jump into some of these major headlines and clarify the vagueness for our listeners. This is our first pick of the day. Back-to-back diplomacy. So President Yoon is about to embark on uh, two weeks of back-to-back diplomatic engagements that includes trips to UK, US, and Canada. Eyes will mostly be on his meeting with his Japanese counterpart. That will be the first sit-down of its kind in three years. What can we expect? That's right. So that uh, summit basically will be happening on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly in New York. It will be the first summit between the leaders of Korea and Japan in, as you say, nearly three years and could be a breakthrough in efforts to improve what has been deteriorated bilateral ties between the two countries. And this is just the latest in a series of President Yoon's efforts to try and improve relations with Tokyo. Uh, well, Yoon and Fumio Kishida had several casual encounters on the sidelines of a, a NATO gathering in Madrid uh, in late June. They have not really sit down for any formal talks, so this will be formal. Mm. Uh, now, due to tight schedules, the bilateral summits with uh, Kishida and also Joe Biden Uh, They're expected to be quite short, about 30 minutes each. Uh, Agenda items haven't been confirmed yet, but the pair are likely to discuss pending issues such as that of the uh, forced labour conversation and other historical and possibly territorial disputes as well. Uh, On Sunday, Yoon will embark on a seven-day trip that will take him to Britain, the United States and Canada. Uh, The first stop will be London to attend the funeral for the late Queen Elizabeth II. He's scheduled to attend a reception for foreign leaders that will be hosted by the now King Charles III on Sunday and possibly visit a Korean War Memorial to honor British troops that fought alongside South Koreans during the Korean War. Uh, On Monday, he'll then head to New York. He's scheduled to give his first address to the UN General Assembly on Tuesday uh, and that address is expected to underscore his vision of expanding global solidarity with uh, countries and he will speak on the intense competition among major countries of uh, uh, cutting edge technologies and supply chains. Um, He's not expected to expand on his so-called audacious initiative or plan that uh, was first proposed last month, that Mm. uh, economic aid for denuclearization in regards to North Korea. Uh, Also in his UN speech, he's expected to urge North Korea though to denuclearize while underscoring the need for protection from its nuclear threats and weapons of mass destruction. Uh, And he's also expected to hold talks with the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, and also meets with overseas Koreans in New York, as well as those uh, sideline summits with Kashida and Biden. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last leg of Yoon's trip is Canada. The president will make a stop in Toronto, which is Canada's financial hub that's happening on Thursday. He'll speak with AI experts at the University of Toronto and also meet with Korean residents there. On Friday, Yoon will hold a summit with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Ottawa and discuss ways to deepen uh, their bilateral strategic Mm. partnership. Uh, Clearly a busy two weeks ahead for President Yoon. Uh, Not before he sits down with the country's financial ministers to discuss what's happening within the country. A shaky economy to say the least. This is our second keyword of the day. Financial meeting. So President Yoon has met with Korea's financial officials to discuss the economy. Uh, What came out of the meeting, given the stakes, honestly? Mm. 
Right. Well, uh, he met with the BOK chief, Yitang Yong, as well as the Financial Services Commission chief, Kim Jiyeon, and FSS chief, Ibo Kyun. And according to the presidential office, uh, they discussed macroeconomics and the financial markets and how to stabilize them. They have been a bit volatile mm. uh, lately. Uh, you received briefings from the officials on the latest economic trends, of which they haven't been very good, unfortunately. Uh, Yoon urged them to cope with measures that will reduce shocks from high inflation, not just here in Korea, but around the world, as well as interest rate hikes that have been happening and are foreseen to happen uh, throughout the year as well. And he also called on them to reduce the burden for vulnerable members of the public. Uh, he's kind of put a, a lot of emphasis on social welfare, especially for uh, low and mid uh, classes and you then asked the officials to make sure that a set of financial support measures such as uh, special loans of which applications have already mm. started are smoothly handed out there is also a 30 trillion one support package to help small business owners that it's in the pipeline for next month as well so he's urged efforts to make sure that they are handed out and given out smoothly all right. What is good for labor market? That could be, I, I guess, contested to death. But it brings us to our third keyword of the day. Yellow envelope bill. So let's tell you about this bill. Eyes will be on this new bill that aims to limit companies from filing compensation suits against labor unions for losses incurred during strikes. The issue is likely to be discussed during a regular session of the National Assembly. Can you tell us the details? Right. Well, the Justice Party actually proposed the so-called Yellow Envelope Bill, and the Democratic Party has allocated it as a key bill to discuss during the regular session. Now, under this Yellow Envelope Envelope Bill, companies will be banned from filing lawsuits against labor unions and unionized workers for damages caused during collective action, with the exception of those incurred by violence or destructive action. Now, the proposal is a revision, actually, of an earlier proposal that expands the scope of beneficiaries to include freelancers and platform workers. Now, the bill proposal comes after Daewoo Shipbuilding and Marine Engineering actually sued a subcontractor's union for going on strike. Mm -hmm. uh, the Justice Party's interim chief, Ian Ju, says the union faces a 47 billion won damages suit and a total of 56 lawmakers uh, sponsored the bill, including all six members of the JP as well as 46 lawmakers of the DP. Now, the proposal is expected, of course, to face hurdles in being passed because the ruling party, as well as business circles, they're voicing concerns over the bill, giving excessive immunity to immunized workers and potentially hurting small businesses. Maybe the financial burden can be um, taken by some big conglomerates, but when it comes to small businesses and uh, subsequent collective action from their workers, of course, they don't really have the capital and the means to pay those kind of suits or deal with that kind of uh, legal challenges. Right. Um, Labour Minister Lee Jong-shik uh, Jong said his ministry will look into different cases involving compensation suits filed against unionised workers uh, ahead of the legislation. Um, now, the term yellow envelope bill is actually named after a person donated 47,001 enclosed in a yellow envelope to union, unionized Sangyong motor workers following a court ruling that ordered them to pay 4.7 billion won for causing losses in a strike. So it's taken the name from that in a kind of related case, but uh, it's gaining more steam after that Daewoo shipbuilding and marine engineering suit uh, was filed. All right, we'll keep our tabs on it. And let's move on uh, to our fourth keyword of the day. 
Rising prices. So more food items are getting more expensive, with many food manufacturers raising prices of some of Korea's most consumed products. And ironically, some of them are supposed to be more affordable. Yeah, that's right. They are supposed to be more affordable, but uh, not anymore, unfortunately. I think it is certainly putting a, a lot of pressure on your average Jane and Joe's purse strings. Uh, CJ, a major food manufacturer, will be raising prices of its packaged kimchi by an average 11% in steps. Uh, a 3.3 kilogram packet at supermarkets, for example, will cost uh, from 30,801 to 34,801, so a 4,001 hike. Uh, another major packaged kimchi brand, Tesang, will also be raising its prices of Chonggatjip kimchi by an average of just under 10%. Uh, this will be the second time this year that the two brands will be raising prices. The reason is mainly due to harsh weather. Uh, that we've been mm. seeing here in the country, such as the recent heat wave in the summer, that caused cabbage prices to rise and subsequently that of kimchi as well. Uh, not just kimchi, prices of Orient snacks, including choco pies, the kind of the classic Korean uh, snack that a lot of uh, military uh, servicemen enjoy <laughs> in the barracks, uh, have also increased due to the rising cost of raw ingredients. Uh, now, the prices of 16 products of Orion will increase by about 16% on average. And it actually marks the first time in nine years that Orion has actually been raising its prices. So they have been holding out, mm. but unfortunately they can't hold out any much longer. Choco pie, for example, will increase more than 12%. Pocket chip, more than 12% as well. And uh, the more recently popular turtle chips by around 12% also. Now mm. the company plans to increase the portion size of its snacks or decrease prices once costs of raw materials and energy drop and stabilize. Um, other food companies also raising prices uh, in recent months. Nongshim, a major noodle, uh, instant noodle brand, mm. uh, will be, uh, they've already actually started raising their prices from yesterday, in fact. Mm. Pauto, another major uh, instant noodle brand, mm. is expected to increase prices of 12 ramyun brands starting next month. And also there's an increase in milk prices as well. That could lead to price adjustments in related products such as bread and ice cream as well. So you're just your daily uh, staple <laughs> yes, foods, yeah. yeah, necessities and staple foods are getting more expensive along with a lot of other things as well. Whether they will stabilize within this year or the next, that is the big question. But as things stand, uh, yeah, just a little bit more expensive. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's finally move on to our fifth keyword of the day. Korea-China diplomacy. So China's top legislator, Lee Zhan-shu, is in Korea for meetings with President Yoon and National Assembly Speaker Kim Jin-pyo. Uh, what can we expect? What's on the agenda? Right. So this kind of does tie into kind of uh, President Yoon song yos busy diplomatic engagement. So it does it relate to that. It is the sure. first, if you will, of that kind of back to back diplomacy. Uh, but he is here for a three day visit that was actually arranged upon Kim's invitation. Uh, he was accompanied by a 66 member entourage. Now, National Assembly uh, G uh, Secretary General Yi Guangjie greeted Yi at Seoul Air Base in Sungnam. There is speculation he could discuss the possibility of President Xi Jinping visiting South Korea. Uh, Yi's uh, appearance at the airport came after criticism actually arose last month that no South Korean official was at the airport to greet U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi when she visited Seoul. Uh, now, today, Lee is expected to pay a visit to Yoon and hold talks with Kim. 
The talks with Kim are expected to focus on strengthening parliamentary cooperation between the two countries. Uh, this comes as Seoul and Beijing mark 30 years since uh, establishing diplomatic ties this year. Uh, their meeting will be followed by a joint bre- uh, press briefing as well as a banquet. Mm. Now, during his stay here, Lee is also expected to visit an R&D campus of LG Group's eight affiliates in Western Seoul. Uh, it, Lee's visit to Korea actually marks the first one by China's top legislator to the country since 2015. So mm. it seems like the UN administration is not only trying to improve ties with Japan, but also that with China as well, because there are a lot of uh, sticking points between the two countries, including the third issue and a lot of uh, economic um, retaliatory actions by Beijing as well. Mm. So mending those strategic ties. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for a week's worth of coverage. Any weekend plans? Uh, I think it's going to be a quiet one, but I said that last time and it wasn't. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you again next week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Have a safe weekend, Adam. You too. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.